Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Aside from joining me to talk Minnesota Viking football, I'm assuming that Matthew Collar, Mr. Purple Insider himself, he's watching Steelers, Browns, maybe, I don't know, Matthew Collar, what you got going on right now? Uh, yeah, uh, so today kind of had a little family-related thing going on, so I, I'm not quite home yet and I'm not watching Steelers-Browns. But also, Jacoby Brissett versus Mitch Trubisky, I feel like I'm really not missing a whole lot. Am I wrong there? What you got against Jacoby? Uh, he's bad. That's the main thing. He ain't tonight. <laughs> Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I'm not like we don't have it on in the studio right now because it's an Amazon Prime deal, but uh we got the stuff up here on the computer, so it's uh this 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 game might be interesting. Put it like this, by the time you get home, if you get home in the next hour or so, that second half might be interesting. Okay. I mean it's football, so I'm gonna watch it either way, uh when I get home shortly. But you know, I I mean I guess anything is possible when it comes to uh, a shootout with random quarterbacks. I mean, I did cover Case Keenum going 13-3, and but I don't know if I could see that being Jacoby Brissett this year. Hold on, hold on. You just said it's football, so I'm going to watch. So even yeah. when – does that include college? So when there's no NFL, like early – do you watch Maxion? Oh, Maxion, of course. Absolutely. I, I love Maxion. I got nothing against Maxion. Yeah. yeah. No, no, Maxion is fantastic. I mean, a lot of times... Right, that's, a, that's a stretch. The, the, that's going too far. The, no, 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 fantastically fun. Like, the football isn't really great. But, I mean, the games are insane. It'll, they'll be like 52 to 47, and the final score comes on like a safety or something. Like, it, it's just, uh, it's always crazy when it comes to Maxion. So I enjoy that. I'll just leave the TV on all Saturday, pretty much, for whatever the best game is. Um, and then, you know, NFL is NFL. But, I mean, I don't, I don't watch college closely. I just mm-hmm. watch for the madness. So what's the craziest game? That's what I'm watching. I got you. All right, well, speaking of watching games and the madness, uh, I'll just ask you the, uh, the Kirk Cousins question. Did you like that on Monday night? Did, did I like Monday night? <laughs> did you like that? Uh, no. <laughs> Not at all. What? Oh man, I, th- that was uh, no, that was that was so. I mean, th- the team just looked the opposite of what they looked like in Week One. I, th- that t- to me, the the range of looking like world beaters in Week One, and I get it. Green Bay wasn't. I, I, I'm not as high on Green Bay this year as everybody else is, but that's another issue. But the way that they looked against Philadelphia, specifically defensively, I was that was stunning to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think, uh, and, and especially since last year, it seemed like every game was a barn burner. And to come out with this year where it's two blowouts going uh, each way, 
that might be what we're in for this year where it's a, a roller coaster team. You know, the defensive part of it really got a lot of focus, and I understand why that would be because it seemed like they could not stop Philadelphia at all. They gave up a huge touchdown pass on a miscommunication. Jalen Hurts had an incredible touchdown run where they couldn't break, you know, off of blocks, and, and he slammed through a couple of potential tackles. Like, they, they were great. Philadelphia was great. But the reality of this defense, in my mind, Henry, was it was never going to be the 2017 Minnesota Vikings. Agreed. It was never going to be great. It's, it's held together with tape and glue. It's older players like Patrick Peterson and Jordan Hicks. Uh, you know, you got uh, Zedarius Smith, like two edge rushers who have to carry the entire load of pass rush. Um, you have a secondary that's very questionable with Cam Bynum playing for the first time. Um, you know, two other corners that, uh, you know, we don't really know that much about it in Shannon Sullivan and, and Cam Dantzler. So my expectation was when they play a good offense, that offense is going to score. And I think their idea was, let's try to play in a little bit of a shell, which Ed Donatel doesn't like that word, but that's basically what it was. Let's not get beat over the top. Let's make him throw a bunch of passes and slowly work down the field. But Jalen Hurts was happy to do that. But you have to match them, right? I mean, offense affects defense. You give up a touchdown and come out and go three and out, and then right away Philly's back on the field. It's like you're on your heels right away. The Vikings had every opportunity in that game to match Philadelphia on offense, and they didn't do it. And if this team doesn't have a really good offense, and I mean like top 10, if they don't have that, they don't make the playoffs because the defense is not going to be that great, especially if guys get banged up. And Harrison Smith did not practice today, again. So that doesn't look great for him on Sunday. I mean, if Harrison Smith's not playing, that is a massive loss. So guess what? you got to go score. I mean, this is what they promised, right? They promised Kevin O'Connell was going to come here. He was going to modernize the offense. They were going to throw for 400 yards a game with Kirk Cousins, and that's how they were going to win. I don't think any of us thought, yeah, they're building this whole thing around the defense. So I'm, I'm a little, like, less apt to say, oh, yeah, it was all the defense's fault, when you kind of knew how you were going to have to play to win that game. Yeah, no, and I'm not saying it's the defense's fault. I'm just, I'm just acknowledging that it was an all-around team effort. I didn't think that anybody really necessarily played well, but, but the offense was just got awful as well. We're talking to Matthew Collar. He's joining us here via the John Schuster uh, Cola Baker Hotline. Uh, he is with the uh, the Purple Insider. Give him a follow on Twitter at Matthew Collar. But more importantly, check out PurpleInsider.com. So let's talk about the offense. What do you think should be the identity? of the Minnesota Vikings offense because I talked to Chuck Foreman an hour ago and he doesn't believe that the Minnesota Vikings right now have an identity. Oh yeah. I mean, I agree with him. Um, but I also think it's, <laughs> it is really funny that we get to week two and then we're talking about needing to run the ball more. And it's like, Hey, wait a minute. Where have I heard this before? Right? Like, Hey, maybe Mike Zimmer wasn't a crazy person. Yeah, was, was he a nice person? No. Uh, was he a crazy person, though? No. Mike Zimmer understood one thing about Kirk Cousins, that he needs a lot of help, that he needs play actions, he needs bootlegs, he needs a running game, he needs to be in favorable situations, he needs to be blocked for, he needs receivers to be wide open. Like These are things that are fundamental to who Kirk Cousins is. And if you put him in the shotgun and you tell him, go be Warren Moon in the run-and-shoot offense, my friend, you are going to lose a lot of football games. And even Kevin O'Connell admitted that he basically got 
too focused on the fact they were down three scores and was just pushing that pass button over and over and over and over again and lost sight of the fact that his quarterback can't do that. And, uh, look, I mean, this is the guy they decided to pay. But just because you pay him all that money and just because you pat him on the back and tell him that you love him instead of Mike Zimmer telling him he didn't love him doesn't change fundamentally who he is as a quarterback. So if they think they're going to throw it 40 times a game and put up all these yards and have, you know, and if you also think that he's going to be Matt Stafford, have you watched Matt Stafford, the physical talent, the arm, the things that he can do? It's very different from Cousins. And even then, in this same offense, Matthew Stafford led the league in interceptions last year. So it's, if they're going to play this way where everything is about throwing to Jefferson all the time and putting Cousins in the shotgun, it's going to be volatile. It's going to be weeks where you're like, wow, that was unbelievable, and they put up all these points, and then there are going to be weeks where Cousins throws three picks. So if you want to live that way, you can. Uh, Zimmer wanted to go the opposite way. Uh, maybe you're playing a different sort of odds game if you try to live that way. But I think O'Connell admitting – that he kind of lost track of things there managing the game also shows you that, hey, being a new head coach in the NFL and calling plays is a pretty tough gig in a year where they're expected to win because of the way they handled the offseason. Matthew, you know, I said this before training camp started, and then unfortunately he got injured, but I said, man, it's put up or shut up time for Irv Smith. He's got to do something this year. It's go time. And I got to be honest, man, when he dropped that, that football – that should have been a touchdown. I got traumatized. There, there was there was a there was a little bit of the Troy Williamson. Remember that that not you know in Denver when he dropped that. But now Williamson was more wide open than Irv. But my goodness, man, do we have a tight end? Any tight end? Yeah, um, yeah. So here's the thing about Irv Smith. I mean, I think he's been targeted like I don't know seventy five times or whatever. I, I don't have the exact number in his career. But he's only had, like, three drops before that. So I don't think that he's a guy that like, can't catch the ball. I think he's very talented, uh, but he's also missed a lot of football. And to be away for an entire year and then come back and miss an entire camp when you're putting in an all-new offense is a huge challenge. And then you talk about catching the ball. Well, this guy had thumb surgery in, in the offseason. I mean, that, that's a, that, is a, that is a difficult position to be in, and I think that we do need some patience with Irv Smith Jr., but also I think people are tired of being patient with somebody who has been promised over the years to be this next impact player that he has not become. Um, tight end is such a challenging position. Uh, it asks a lot from the blocking. It's going to ask him to go downfield. But I, I'm, not, I'm not ready to declare that Irv Smith is a bust. Me neither. I just think that you know, when you have that an injury like that and then another one that sets you so far back, it's really difficult to just pop in and then start making plays. Um, you know, that, I think that's, you know, getting really far behind. If it, maybe if it was the same Kubiak offense, it would have been a little easier. Uh, but even then, it's like thumb surgery. Can you just jump back in and start catching full-speed footballs? Maybe that was a little harder than we expected. So, yeah, I, I want to give this one time, though, because I do know what I've seen from him in training camps in the past and what he's flashed in the past. Yep. So I don't want to declare that one over. I'm not, I'm not calling him a bust, and I'm not saying that he's not talented. He's, he's, he's clearly talented. Let me just say this, though. Just via people that I, that I know and I'm connected to and just slight observations of Irv Smith. Okay, both like seeing him in person and then also via social media stuff. I'm a little bit concerned about him 
from the standpoint that I believe that Irv Smith loves being Irv Smith, and I'm wondering how much he loves football. And I'm not saying that he doesn't love football, and I'm not saying that he's not a, he's not going to be a hard worker and all that stuff. But you get what I'm saying, like like the Swerving Irv. We don't need Swerving Irv. We need Irv Smith Jr. No, I'm dead serious. We need him to ball out. It's put, and that's why I keep saying put up or shut up because I am getting reports and people that are around him and like he's into like yeah I'm a, I'm an NFL football player. I'm going to get tatted up and I'm living the life and all. we need you to grind, dude. That's what we need out of you right now. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I want to go there with that one, man. I, I mean, I think that uh, when Irv came in initially, that he did a really good job of you know, being that number two tight end behind a guy he was clearly better than or more talented than at the time, and, and Kyle Rudolph, and kind of was selfless in that role. Did a lot of blocking in that role. Didn't say anything about it. Uh, and then he's just had some bad luck. I mean, I don't know. Like, he looked to me when he first got here like he was in good shape. And the fact that he came back early from his injury from last year, from what the projection was, kind of speaks uh, to how much he put into that, um, you know, rehab that was required. I mean, the, I mean, the, the tattoo thing, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, not, 90% of the players have a lot of tattoos. No, I, so I, I'm I talking about really... – I'm not – don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm not trying to say that he doesn't care – but there are guys in the NFL that care more about the lifestyle than they care about the actual sport. When Travis Kelsey, I was there day one when Travis Kelsey came into Chiefs training camp. Travis Kelsey, um, you could tell that he had the the it factor, but his mind wasn't all, all, wasn't quite there. And then he got hurt early on in that training camp. And people don't understand this or, or maybe even realize this, but he missed his rookie season. And that gave him an opportunity to get focused on the grind. And he talked about that in just being with Andy Reid. So I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to single out Irv Smith and say he's, he's not going to be a, a good player. He's not a good person or he's a, you know, he's going to be a bust or anything like that, whatever. But I, I just think that it's, he's in a very important season where it, he, he has to show us something right now when we want to start talking about extending guys and keeping guys around, around Egan and around Minnesota is all I'm saying. Well, yeah, and I totally agree with you on, on that point, that this is a absolutely vital season for him and, and also for the Vikings because I think that they've been writing his name in as a big part of the future and as a weapon that they're going to have for a long time. And if he struggles this season and isn't good, then that means that that's somebody you really counted on to be alongside yep. Justin Jefferson that's just not going to be there. It's just I'm just saying that from being around Irv since day one, it has not been my impression that he like is lackadaisical or doesn't care. I think he has a very relaxed general approach to life. Gotcha. <laughs> like like yeah. when, you, when you speak with him, I think he comes across as very chill. I think he's also from New Orleans, if I'm not mistaken. So that that can be uh, yeah. you know kind of a, a regional thing as well of where somebody's from. But when I look at his his body and how he came into training camp, the shape that he was in, how he performed in training camp last year before he got hurt. That looked to me like a guy who wanted to take that next step. Yeah, he does look in um, great so shape. I, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I do think it, it means a lot to him. But the, here's another part of it, though. That Kubiak offense loves the tight end. Does this offense love the tight end? I think that's, a, that's another question, too. Yeah. Is, you know, Tyler Higby was a part of the Rams uh, offense, but it wasn't necessarily a central part of it. So how he adapts to this entirely new 
thing from where he's been in Minnesota since 2019 coming off the injury. I, I just think that we need to wait on this one, um, but it might be a, a pretty difficult challenge for him. Yeah. Uh, we're talking to Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, joining us here on The Late Show, News Talk 830 WCCO. Let's fast forward and look towards this weekend. What concerns you, man, about the Detroit Lions? Uh, that I think they have an offense. I think it's legit. Um, they can run the football as well as any team in the NFL. And whoops, look at the Vikings' run defense over the first two weeks. Like This is actually a bad matchup for them from that perspective, that the offensive line of Detroit is getting more healthy. Their run scheme seems to be very effective. DeAndre Swift has got some special bursts in him, and uh, they look like they use creative stuff. That Amon Ross St. Brown big run uh, last week against Washington is a good example of that. Uh, and the other thing, too, is Amon Ross St. Brown is a legit star wide receiver in the NFL. And I think when you look at this secondary for the Vikings, if they don't have Harrison Smith especially, I think star wide receivers could give them problems all year, and they've got to face a lot of them. So that'll be a, a good test. And the other thing is, too, if you don't pressure Jared Goff, if the tackles of Detroit are able to slow down Hunter and Smith, he will sit back there and throw the ball. I mean, the guy was a number one draft pick for a reason. Yep. He's put up huge numbers in his past with the Rams for a reason, and now he's got twice as much talent on that offense as he did last year. I just think that you know, for this game, Vikings can put up more points than, than Detroit will, uh, being at home being that Detroit's defense is very shaky, and they've got some injuries. Aiden Hutchinson did not practice again uh, today. That's a big deal for mm. them if he's banged up. So, you know, I, I think this one kind of screams like 35-31 type of shootout between these two teams. You think the Vikings win this weekend? I do think that they win, yeah. And I also think that they have to win. Like, you look at the schedule coming up, you got some winnable games. But if you fall behind the eight ball, later in the season, things start to get pretty difficult. Uh, So you have to stack up some wins now where you have opponents that maybe aren't as challenging as, say, like Buffalo down the road or Dallas when they have Dak Prescott back and so forth. Um, These next three games are all very winnable before they go to Miami. Uh, So so I think you have to get this one. It's like a big swing game for their season. Hey, man, great stuff as always, Matthew. We will talk to you, uh, I assume, next week. Oh, yeah, I'll be around, Henry. All right, brother. Matthew Collar joining us, the Purple Insider himself. Here on The Lake Show. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 